is the University of Michigan. Touchdown, Michigan! Welcome to Blue by 90, your Michigan Wolverines podcast. I'm Kalen, joined by Roe and Jack. Nate is on uh, vacation here, so he's going to be gone for a little bit. But um, we're just going to carry on the torch here, guys. So we got a good little show here. And uh, Roe's going to talk about recruiting, I think. So, Roe, take it away. All right. So, yeah, we've got... um... I'll give a little recruiting update here on both football and basketball. So um, we've had some traction here, especially on the football side in the past week or two. Um, We're up to eight nationally in the country for, um, according to 247, and second in the Big Ten. Um, I think everyone in the world knows who first is, um, and they're in first by about a mile. So um, we'll be chasing them forever, but that's all right. We'll, we'll get up there at some point, but we do have 14 commits here. So um, getting up there as far as numbers, which is good. Um, and it sounds like we will actually be getting a ton of more, not a ton, but we'll, we'll be getting some more commits uh, this week, actually um, this coming week. So that could be, be some huge traction. We've got some big targets here that I'll talk about in a second. Um, but breaking down um, what those 14 commits are right now, we've got one five-star QB, J.J. McCarthy, who is the dog, you know that. He's like our greatest recruiter out there. Um, We should have him on payroll at this point. NCAA, shut your ears when we're talking about that. But um, (laughs) but honestly, he's like, even if he doesn't pan out as a quarterback, like he's already done more than many of the quarterbacks that we've had here just on the recruiting trail. Um, and, and And I do, I'll touch on him a little bit here. He is, he's truly unbelievable. I actually saw a video of him on Twitter. He was, he dunked on his home court, like threw down. So he is a legit athlete. Um, I think we might, maybe we'll see him on the basketball court too. You never know. Um, but um, he, I, I truly do think he, he is the next guy. I mean, we've got, we talk about Milton and McCaffrey every week, but um, I, I think, you know, we're in really good hands for the next uh, four years with JJ coming in um, and Cade McAmira obviously behind Joe and uh, Dylan, but JJ is going to be going to be a stud here. He he has it all. Pro style quarterback who's got the arm. We've all seen those videos of him on Twitter and and whatever else. Like he's got a cannon and can can fit it into some tight spots. So very very excited about him as as our leader going forward, especially on honestly off the field, the leadership that he has already taking charge on this recruiting trail. I feel like it's going to, you know, he's going to come in as a freshman here and probably make a splash um, as far as being vocal and a leader. Um, and so you might see his name come up, you know, in the next even year or two um, here, once he, once he steps on campus uh, as far as being in the mix for that starting spot. Um, but then moving on, we uh, we do have three four-star O-linemen commits, which Ed Warner is the man. Again, I said this before, we got to throw the bag at him. He has killed it for us. He he has, like, I mean, 
turned that position group around unbelievably. So um, three four-star O-linemen with one four-star tight end, one three-star wide receiver, uh, a four-star linebacker, two three-star linebackers, two three-star DNs, one three-star cornerback, one three-star safety, and a three-star punter. So um, a little top-heavy on the on the three-stars here for us, which I know that we all have opinions on, and we'd love to have those four and five stars. But I do think a lot of those guys are, are right on the fringe of the four stars um, for for a lot of those three stars. So um, that I, I think we're we're in pretty good shape here. Again, we're second in the Big Ten, and that's on top of Penn State and Wisconsin here. So I'm 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 happy about where we're at right now, especially if we can get some more momentum with commits coming in the future. Um, our, our most recent commits here, we actually had one uh, on Sunday. Junior Colson is a four-star linebacker uh, that committed to us. He's actually now the highest rated commit on the defensive side of the ball for us for that 21 class. Um, so we're pumped about him. He's going to wear the number five, which I love single-digit uh, linebackers. I think that's just – that's got some swag. So I'm pumped about him coming in. I, I really do think um, he we could see him – uh, getting some PT as a freshman. He, he's ready to play. Um, he's a big dude. Um, we had Marcus Allen. He's a three-star wide receiver commit. Um, and and I'm, I'm really excited about these guys that are coming in on the wide receiver. You know, we've talked about that we haven't been able to produce those skill positions um, for the past few years. And I think, you know, as far as Josh Gaddis goes, he's a wide receivers coach. He's that guy. He's going to produce these guys and, and really help them develop. Um, so I'm, I'm happy about those guys, even though we, they might not be, you know, the top recruits out there. Um, Rod Moore, um, our guy, he's a three-star safety that committed. So very excited about him. What did we? He, he runs like a four-three. I was going to say four-three nine forty. I mean, unbelievable. I mean, yeah, he he. That's Daxton Hill speed right there. And I'm not saying he's Daxton Hill, but I, I'm just. I mean. As a guy who's watched our defense get burnt too many times, I'm pumped about fast safeties out there. Um, so, and then um, the last one that committed recently was Tyler McLaurin, who's a three-star linebacker. So um, he'll join Junior Colson there at the, and he's actually an outside linebacker. So um, he'll be more of a, maybe even the Viper um, position, uh, depending on how um, he develops and, and his speed and everything. Um, but getting into it, our, our most important positions that I think after that that we need to target here coming or going forward is the running back position. You notice I didn't even say running back in any of our – we don't have a running back commit yet in the 21 class, which is a little bit of a concern. Um, but um, we do have a stacked running back room right now, so I kind of understand it. You know, these guys don't really see that they're going to come in um, and play right away. Blake Corum, you know, is is there as a freshman, and he is is highly touted. So I understand it a little bit, but the wide receiver position as well on the offensive side of the ball, like I said, those three-star guys, I'd love to see some four- and five-star guys come in, um, especially under Josh Gaddis, where I, I know that in the coming in the future here, they're going to be able to put up some stats. I know we're, we're getting our wide receivers the ball, and they're going to be putting up thousand yard uh, game or seasons coming up here in the, in the near future. And then on the D line, our, our D tackles, we've got some DNs that have committed um, that are, that are studs, um, but we, we don't have the big boys in the middle yet that have committed. So looking um, for them on, on the trail 
Um, and, and we'll see, we'll see how that goes. Um, and then quick one on basketball. So um, it's just a completely different recruiting scene from Juwan Howard than it was for John Beeline. You know, we weren't even, you know, meeting or listening or talking to any five stars in the past. And now it's like any five star out there, we're offering to them. We've got offers out to 10, five stars, four, four stars and one, three star right now. So um, what that tells me is that Juwan Howard is not only just going to be super aggressive on the recruiting trail and he, he thinks that we truly can get these guys. Um, he, he believes that we are, you know, a top five program to come to at this point for these five-star guys. So um, don't, I would say to the listeners, don't get frustrated with the, these five-star recruits because they, you know, they act like Isaiah Todd and Josh Christopher, man. They, they're all over the place. They chase a bag. They do all, you know, all that stuff. So um, the, the, the recruiting, is, we're in a whole different world now with Juwan Howard, but um, the two top, top uh, targets that we have right now, Jaden Akins is a four-star point guard from Farmington. In-state guy, we got to have him, I think. Uh, you know, MSU obviously on the basketball front has dominated in-state recruiting for a while, but um, we are we're turning the page here, and I think we can get him from Farmington. Um, and then Trevor Keels is a five-star shooting guard from Virginia that I believe we should we could get. Um, tall guy can shoot the heck out of the ball, so it, it's it'll be interesting to see how all the all of it pans out on the basketball side. But um, it's just like it, it's so much different, man. And I'm I'm excited. Um, we're the thing is that I'm, I think it's a success for Juwan Howard. We've been in the top five for so many five stars in the, you know, even in year one, it's only going to get better. He's, he hasn't even had a chance to talk to these guys for a long time. Whereas we're now going up the Duke up against the Dukes, Kentucky's Kansas's Michigan States. Like we're going up against those big dogs, uh, the blue bloods. And they've been talking to these dudes since they were 14. Um, so once Juwan gets really into the recruiting mix, especially on the AAU side, um, I think Jet Howard will probably commit as well soon. And hopefully he can help us out on the recruiting side, too. Um, I, I think we'll we'll make a big splash in the next few years. So that's all I've got on the recruiting side. Well, that's a lot of good news uh, recruiting and a lot of information in general. But it's funny because I'm sure a lot of that will change next week, you know? Yep. Um, well, uh, we might have to do a whole nother segment next week, and I, I'm going to run out of breath at some point if we keep talking about all this recruiting. Yeah, I'm surprised you even got all that out. <laughs> Glad I wasn't holding my breath. But no, it's all good. Uh, but I'm sure we're all leaning towards the same thing, which is we want to recruit the best players that we can get so that we can beat Ohio State. Um, and so I'm going to use that as our segue into Jack's topic. Jack, I think you got some good news about our attitudes towards Ohio State. Yes, and that is a big thing. So I, I know I'm sure everybody's seen this in the past week uh, where Jim Harbaugh addressed, you know, how we, how we haven't beat Ohio State. In the time that he's been there, basically he said, nothing makes us angrier than losing to Ohio State. And nothing makes us angrier as fans than losing to Ohio State. So um, I feel like, honestly, I'm – I'm like, I feel like we've never really had him address it like this, um, where he's really bringing it up and, you know, telling Mike Tirico, you know, we've got to beat Ohio State. Like, that's what we're working towards every day. Uh, we beat, we've beaten everybody else, but we haven't beaten them. And the fact that that is such a big focus right now makes me so happy. 
All I want to see is us beat Ohio State. Like, that, that's our biggest drive. We haven't beaten them since 2011. And basically, that was, that's what Harbaugh was brought to Michigan for. Beat Ohio State, win the Big Ten, go to the playoff, win a title. And he's yet to do any of those four. But that was, big, that was the big expectation because he was a big name uh, to come to Michigan and do that. Uh, obviously, he's done a great job. Um, but obviously, the big thing is, you know, we haven't beat Ohio State. So for him to be focusing on that, is huge and great as a fan to hear. Uh, we've been so close a couple times uh, under Harbaugh, but um, you know to see that really come out during the off season where they're where they're making that a big focus excites me because I do think we have two of our best quarterbacks we've had under uh, Harbaugh's tenure and a lot of talent uh, both on the offensive side and the defensive side of the ball. So I'm I'm pumped, man. I'm pumped for this season. I know we've heard a lot of recently about. Um, you know, it's really going to happen, and there may even be fans in the stands. A lot of positivity is going towards this college football season, so uh, it's just getting me more and more amped up. No, I'm with you. Um, I Honestly, though, I was a little bit confused because I thought Harbaugh was always, you know, it's about the next game. And then for him to say, like, oh, like, nothing makes us angrier than to lose Ohio State. It kind of makes me say, you know, well, why'd you take the countdown clock away? Why, do, you know, why don't you have, you know, the Ohio State minute every practice, which maybe they do, and I just have no idea. Um, but the fact that he articulated it, that made me happy. And so I'm like, okay, now I know. I mean, I already knew, but now you're saying it. You know what I mean? Grip, baby. We're on the up and up now. Yeah. <laughs> and I think, I think one thing you just said, Kalen, is – you know, you don't know what they're doing on the inside, right? We have no idea what those practices are like, the meetings are like. They could be talking about it every day, and it just it just hasn't mattered because Ohio State is more talented. You know, that's where I get so frustrated. Where when with the with our fan base, you know, with them calling, you know, them out, they don't saying they don't take the uh, Ohio State game seriously enough, all that stuff. Like, no, none of us know. You know, you can't you can't possibly, you know, call them out for that when you have never stepped foot inside Schembechler Hall. And I'm very certain that they think it's a big game. It's talked about nearly every day, you know, with Jim Harbaugh. You think he doesn't know it's a big game? Um, It's so that whole take on like, wow, he's not taking it seriously enough. I think is a bit ridiculous, um, to be honest. And I saw a stat that um, since. I think it was since Jim Harbaugh took over, the rest of the country is 8-67 and 67 against Ohio State. It's not like we're the only people losing to him, you know. It, it, it's, so although 100% he does have to beat him, but, like, nobody else, you know, Michigan State beat him twice, I think, in, in D'Antonio's whatever, however many years. It's like, I mean – Harbaugh does have to win some big games. And my my biggest gripe with Harbaugh is not even the Ohio State thing. It's at some point you got to win games sometimes that you shouldn't. We we have never won as underdogs. You know, we we have we don't win on the road. He wins every game he should, but at some point to be a great coach, that's what Mark D'Antonio, that's how he cemented himself as a fantastic coach. He won all those games when they were 14-point underdogs, 10-point underdogs. We somehow can't get that done, and that's when it, 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 it pisses me off. I think I saw something. We are 29-0 and 0 at home 
against teams that are not Michigan State and Ohio State. We win the games that we're supposed to win. We win all of them, nearly. But then we lose nearly all the games that we're supposed to lose. And some, if you want to take that next step, as if you're Jim Harbaugh, you have to win some of those games that you're not supposed to win. Maybe they should uh, call up D'Antonio now that he's retired, right? <laughs> I'm, I'm sure he'd be happy to come over and help Harbaugh. They're best of friends. <laughs> He's always looks so friendly. Just look at him. Yeah. Uh, no, but I another question I, that would lead me to ask is, am I going to have the chance to go see them, you know, have the opportunity to beat Ohio State, especially this year, right, with all the stuff going down? Are we going to play? If so, are we going to play with any fans? You know, all of those questions. Um, and so there's some kind of interesting remarks all around. Um the Michigan AD, Mark Schlissel, uh, he said that there would be no athletics at Michigan if there was no students on campus. Um, and it's especially different because Michigan has a stay-at-home order until June 12th, so no players can be on campus. Um, meanwhile, at Ohio State, Ohio State AD Gene Smith said that players can return on June 8th, Okay. Same in the SEC. SEC players are allowing players to return June 8th. And Illinois, for some reason, is allowing players to return June 3rd. I don't know. I guess Lovey Smith wants a, hand, wants a, you know, a leg up, whatever. <laughs> um, meanwhile, the NCAA has said all athletes can return June 1st pending their universities. Um, so what, kind of, what do we make about this? Uh, there's kind of a lot of information floating around. Uh, we even had Joel Klatt saying, like, you know, there will be a season um, with, you know, more fans than not, and it will be on time. Uh, some of that sounds extremely optimistic, um, but I don't know. What are our thoughts on that? I mean, as far as, like, what I'm thinking, and yeah, yeah, very, very. <laughs> um, I mean, obviously, we have no idea what's going on this virus i mean everything's changed every day the cbc comes out with something new every day like we have, we have no idea what's going on but the the weird the crazy thing to me is michigan seems to be the only university that is abiding by the fact that these are students first and athletes second every other not not that i'm saying that's right or wrong i'm just i'm just saying with where every other university they're like, yeah, bring football back. They make us all our money. Um, yeah, they're students, but, you know, this is where we get all our income. Come back this day, whether it's safe for them or not. Where Michigan's like, you know what? If it's not safe for the students, the football team are students, and we're not going to bring them back. You know, I'm not saying I disagree or agree with it or anything by that, um, but I think it's a, I think it's a very interesting stance by, by Michigan. Um, don't love it. Don't hate it. But um, – I mean, obviously, I want to see a football season, but I think we're in the right by saying if it's not safe for these players, we're not going to put them at risk. And that's showing that U of M really actually cares about their players, where maybe, you know, maybe other universities aren't. I'm just going to leave it at that. And, and to your point there, Schlissel, I'm pretty sure, has either a doctorate or some type of training in immunology, right? Yeah, that's, that's correct, yeah. I would think he might know a few things, you know, and he's probably erring on the side of, of caution. So to your point, Jay, and, and 
uh, here's the thing is, is it, it, it's been kind of a roller coaster over the past two weeks. Cause we went from no football to, all right, where we, you know, there's a good chance we have a season to Ohio state's AD Gene, Gene Smith saying they're going to have 20 to 50,000 people at their games. And then we come back and Schlissel is saying, he's like, you know, saying, are we sure that we really will have a season? So it's all over the place. But what I think Schlissel is doing is he's probably just saying, let's tap the brakes a little bit here. We're not there yet. There are still people out there suffering and dying from this virus. And there's a, you know, could be the second wave. So I think he's being like the the cautionary guy. And, and while everyone else wants to, you know, give optimism, which I love the optimism, but he's saying, you know, he's coming out and being a little more realistic on the side of, we don't know yet. Whereas Gene Smith, who I'll say this right now, I think is a jackass for saying that he's going to have 50,000 people at his, at his games. Yeah. Like it's for him to come out and say that is on May 20th is outrageous. Um, But I will say I talked to somebody from Michigan yesterday and they put their percentage at football happening at 95%. So if that, that's got to, you know, make everyone feel pretty good. Um, I think that everyone is, you know, like right around that 20,000 people, maybe uh, Mark, as far as how many fans can attend. I mean, the, the, the whole, uh, you know, governor Whitmer, said that we can uh, gather in groups of 10, right? So maybe we can uh, tailgate in groups of 10. I don't know. I don't know. Question. Can we tailgate? Exactly. I don't even – football is kind of secondary to tailgating at this point. But (laughs) at my tailgates, too, there's about 100 people. So we might have to break it it down to, like, groups of 10 and scatter around. Um, But I I do – I, sorry, I was just going to finish up. I do think football will happen, um, but I think that people, you know, everyone was just like so 100%. Joel Klatt is like, you know, saying it's a foregone conclusion. And what happens in the next three months is going to tell the tale, and, and we don't know what's, what's to come there. Well, let me just ask you guys, too. I mean, let's say they were letting 20,000 people into the big house and you had a ticket. And they had, you know, staggered entrance times or something like that. Would you go? And if you did, do you think you would still be able to enjoy the game? I, I actually had this conversation just yesterday, too, um, when we were talking about it. And, and I think I would just because of the exclusivity of it. It would be like <laughs> you can say you're one of those 20,000 or whatever. You know, you were there at that time. You know, this is going to be – one of the craziest seasons of the last hundred years of, of football. So like to be able to say that was pretty cool, uh, would be pretty cool. Um, but I'm, I might say, you know, I'd rather tailgate in the parking lot and watch it on the TV um, with, with some friends instead of like a, a, a majority empty Michigan stadiums, not going to have the same vibe, man. I, I don't know if I want to see it like that. Yeah, Kalen, great question, bro. Great. I, I like what you said. Uh, like the exclusivity behind it would be cool. It's like, hey, I went to a game in 2020 when the coronavirus pandemic was going on, and it was crazy. I was like sitting by myself, and there's somebody <laughs> me, and that's, that's just how it was. Um, I don't know if I'd want to go to a game. I, I think I think kind of like what Ro said at the end. Like I'd rather be around my buddies, 
with distancing uh, with 10 people that I love and like, you know, I'm able to, I'm able to drink on TV and enjoy the game. Um, but, but also, you know, we've said it a million times, we want the big house to be loud. So I'd love to go to the game and be able to contribute in that way. Um, but I'm, but I'm leaning towards, I'd rather watch it on TV. And I, I honestly don't think we'll have fans. Um, but that's just because we have no idea what's happening. I mean, everything changes daily. That's, that's the side I'm going to take. But um, I w- I'd, I'd probably rather watch it at home, be able to enjoy it, and continue the party uh, while I watch Michigan win by 90. I, I saw I saw something the other day. Obviously, they're going to win by 90. They always do, right? Um, <laughs> and um, I saw something the other day, though, jokingly, like, uh, if you've ever said down in front in Michigan Stadium, those are the first people that can't come in this year. Yeah. <laughs> if we're if we're doing a if we've got a list running of who can come in and who can't, it's if you've ever said down in front or just sat during a touchdown, you're off the list immediately. So. You know the thing that's cool? those will be the first people to go in. That's what it would literally be louder if we had no fans than those twenty. Hundred percent. I I said I mean to be honest with you, if we had twenty thousand of our loudest fans, it might be just as loud as a hundred thousand with you know sixty percent of those people being the sit downers. One hundred percent, I agree with you. Well, I hope that we can figure something out, and I hope that we could still have a season and have just as much fun and make the big house as loud as we possibly can. Maybe we'll start pumping in you know some crowd noise or something. I don't know. Love it. Uh, Make the big house loud uh, again. Merch coming soon. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, yeah, I'm buying 30 of them, handing them (laughs) out. So, all right. That's all the topics we got for this portion of the show. Does anybody else have anything they want to contribute? Nope. We got Ben coming on in a second, right? Uh, Yep. So interview with Ben Kaiser, uh, Michigan baseball. So uh, stay tuned for that. All right, now we have Ben Kaiser on. Ben, thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me, fellas. Happy to be here. Great, great. What have you been up to during quarantine? Yeah, it's been a little different. I was telling the guys earlier, uh, we'd be playing the Big Ten tournament this weekend, so uh, not being there is a little tough, but uh, we've been keeping busy. I'm here in Ann Arbor right now. We've got a, kind of a group of guys here that stuck around and been working out, throwing, uh, staying up to as much as possible, keeping busy, so it's been good. Good, good. Glad to hear you're doing well. Glad to hear you got a couple guys standing in Ann Arbor, too. Yeah. Uh, Jack, you want to chime in with a question? Yeah. So, um, well, I guess, yeah, you said you guys are still in Ann Arbor. Like, are you guys, uh, are you able to get on the fields or anything and access anything? Are you guys going out to um, just like the IM fields and like kind of working out? Or how's, how's that work out right now? Yeah, so we've had to, we've had to get a little creative. Uh, the university shut down the baseball field. Uh, they locked all the gates. They put a truck on the mound. Trying to keep it off as much as possible. Uh, they actually shut down, you know, like all the intramural fields and, and things along that line. So we've actually gone over to uh, Huron High School, kind of go over there, get our work in. And we also uh, got a little creative, too, with the weights. Uh, we were able to, to rattle up some weights uh, from our indoor facility and put them in our uh, one of our friends' backyards. So we've been, got a little backdoor, uh, backyard gym back there, and we'll throw every morning, work out, and then kind of get, get with our day, so. It's been it's been good, better than better than you could expect uh, with all the gyms and stuff closing, but making the most of it. For sure, for sure, man. Um, I guess and uh, 
kind of jump off of um, that with you guys staying in Ann Arbor. How's that working with you? Because I know you were you were a senior, right? You were going to graduate and, you know, kind of yeah. move on, you know, do your next thing. Um, is that is it mostly seniors staying back or is there underclassmen as well? Yeah, so it, it's kind of a mix. Um, so I was a redshirt senior this year, got my undergrad last year, finished up with a master's and um, we had to finish with online classes and stuff. But a lot of guys ended up going home. So we got a group here right now with a couple of juniors. Uh, a couple of the, the pro guys came back um, that, you know, like Jimmy Kerr and, and Troy Miller and guys like that came back. So there's about a group of uh, like eight or nine of us, mix of juniors, seniors, and, and some of the pro guys too. Cool. Nice. So, um, so getting into it a little bit here at the, you know, you said you're from, you're from Portage Northern. Um, so homegrown kid here in the state of Michigan, was it a no brainer that you were coming to U of M or, um, what was the recruiting process like? What were your other options? How did that all pan out? Yeah. Um, Michigan was always, you know, my dream school and it might sound a little cliche, but it truly was my brother, my oldest brother. So we had two older brothers. Uh, my oldest brother, he's four years older than me. He walked on to the football team here. So okay. I kind of experienced that all throughout high school, kind of lived vicariously through him. I went to both of the, the first two under the light games against Notre Dame, absolutely electric environment. Um, so as, as a high school kid, you know, seeing that it was a no brainer for me to come and be a part of it, be a part of the legacy and, you know, try to make a mark and, and contribute to, you know, the rich Michigan tradition that we have here. So um, I think from the outset, it was it was a no brainer. Uh, I had a couple of schools reach out to me locally, nothing too big. But as soon as Michigan came knocking it, it was a no brainer for me. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, I think it, if, if your recruiting visits or I don't even know if they were recruiting visits, but under the lights, I mean, that's the first one. We I think we were all there at least uh, around it. And it was like, I mean, if it, that, they had to get every recruit possible that was there that day it had to be a, a commit instantly. So um, that, that was a good one to go to. I <laughs> was absolutely electric. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously you've had a chance to spend some time in Ann Arbor. If you're a redshirt senior, you've been here for a little while. What would you say is your favorite thing about Ann Arbor? That's tough. Um, Ann Arbor's kind of become my home. I think that's what's so great about it. I love that the community feel. I love that everything's, you know, close, but not enough. Uh, been walking, you don't feel like you're living on top of a lot, of, a, lot of, a lot of things. There's a lot of great people here, too, and I think that's huge. Um, you're surrounded by excellence in the classroom, on the baseball field, you know, in the, the student athlete center, you know, there's, there's so many amazing people and, and so many, um, you know, experiences. I mean, you got people coming from California, Florida, you know, all across the country, all across the globe and being able to, you know, pick their brains and learn from them, learn from their experiences. I think that's, that's huge. I think the community overall and, um, you know, being able to connect with so many diverse people, I think has, has been great for me. I agree with you. I mean, I, I love that part about Ann Arbor. What do you guys think? You got a favorite thing or you agree? What do you think? I mean, I got, what's your, uh, <laughs> I know Ro and I have had this topic when we had, we had our own thing. Uh, what's your favorite bar in Ann Arbor, man? <laughs> I'm curious about. I know we end up going to Skeeps after the uh, holiday party for, for <laughs> other than that, what would you, what would you say is your favorite bar or restaurant in Ann Arbor? That's tough. There's a lot of great spots. I love Bill's Beer Garden in the summer. That's that's one of my top spots to go. Um, but, you know, if it comes down to restaurants, there's so many different food places. 
Um, it kind of just depends on the meal. You know, you go to Neo for pizza, you go to Chalice for Mexican, Tamakun for, you know, some Asian cuisine. So uh, that's another great thing about Ann Arbor. Um, they've got a lot of, a lot of great offerings, but if I had to pick one, it'd probably be Bill's. Definitely Bill's. Bill's. Great choice. And that's, that's <laughs> now I just want to be able, I don't even care. I'll wait, I'll wait in a line down, down river <laughs> just to get an Oberon that I can get somewhere else for $2. And I'll, I'll <laughs> like it just beautiful weather. I mean, even today in, in Ann Arbor, like this is rare for us right now. It's warm. Yeah. It feels like summer. I just want to be a Bill's beer garden, man. Just drinking beer. <laughs> Playing games or something. Sign me up. <laughs> yeah, 85, 85 and sunny today has me trying to get to any patio uh, out there. So, um, but so, so um, you mentioned that you you guys would have been playing in the Big Ten tournament right now. So um, going back to the beginning of quarantine here, which feels like ten years ago, but it's about two months uh, two months ago now. Um, you know, what was that? How did that all go down when you guys realized or got the word that the season was going to be canceled? And um, as a as a redshirt senior, you know, this was your last go around. You know, how did you react personally? How was the team? Um, how did you guys stay, you know, at least somewhat positive during all that? Yeah, that, that was a rough time when we first found out um, we were actually coming back from our spring break trip. So we went out to California. Played a couple games there, finished up at Pepperdine, and then we were headed right back home, getting ready for the next week. And I think it was either Tuesday or Wednesday when we found out, um, and we were just going to practice like normal. Uh, we usually meet for about 30 to 45 minutes before, kind of go through the day, you know, what we learned from the weekend, things along that line. And we were all in there, ready to go, and, and Coach wasn't in there. And we started to worry a little bit. We saw on Twitter a lot of uh, conferences started to, you know, postpone the season and things along that line. So... We kind of had an idea in the back of our head. We didn't, we didn't want it to be true, but uh, we were thinking along those lines. And um, coach comes in, he calls the coaches and the seniors um, to his office. And at that moment, we all kind of knew our hearts dropped. Um, he, let, he let us know that the season was canceled. It wasn't even postponed. Um, and as a redshirt senior and uh, seniors as a whole, you know, we were, we were devastated. Uh, we spent you know, about an hour, two hours on the field crying together. Uh, we, we announced it to the team, let everybody know kind of what was happening. And we all just sat there. We sat on the field. We, we didn't want to leave. Um, we were in our practice uniforms. We, we couldn't believe that, you know, it was over. And I think the hardest thing for us is that, you know, as seniors, we didn't get that, that last opportunity to play on, on the field and play at Ray Fisher Stadium. Um, that was tough for us. But um, the one thing that we could take from it, you know, is that, that we were in it together and, and we had each other um, no matter what the next step was for us, whether it was pro ball summer ball uh even next season you know we had a, we had each other we had the memories that we, we made throughout the fall uh, we know all the work that we put in to get to that point um, which was one reason why i made it so tough but um, knowing that we went through that together and we were able to, to share that together and you know make the sacrifice and make sure that you know everyone in the community is safe and we put you know we put our, our selfish um behaviors to to the side and you know really get this thing under control so yeah it was it was a devastating moment um you know, it hit us hard for about for about a week, but you know, we kind of refocused and realized we have a great opportunity here to to get better and use these two months to to develop it in some way and hopefully, you know, propel us into summer ball, pro ball, the next season, whatever it may be. So. Yeah, and I I think the I mean 
there, there's the old saying of play every game like it's your last. And you guys, I mean, there's not many people out there that truly play the game, their last game without knowing it was their last game. You know, usually you come to the end of the season or your senior year and you know, you know, you're either in a win or go home type of situation. And it's like, you guys didn't even get that chance. So um, it's kind of, there. there's, it's tough. I'm sure as far as like, there's no closure and you know, you guys didn't want to leave. You said it's that it had to be as a, as a former athlete, you know, we all are former athletes. It's like that tears in my heart, just hearing him, man. That, that's, that's brutal. Yeah, it's tough, but you know, if, if it, if it works out and propels, you know, next year's team to, to get back to Omaha, then we know that, you know, everything we sacrificed is worth it. So. And I'm, I'm glad you said Omaha, man. So I don't, so sorry guys, while I was gone, didn't, didn't get it. <laughs> dog it's that freaking dog man uh, <laughs> <laughs> well we can kind of go over like what, what was that like like your i mean your guys run last year through the series. i mean that was incredible yeah. honestly like um you know i went to i think i think a couple games with aaron and just meeting up with maddie to, to watch you guys play and um you know i think the game the one game i really remember was i can't remember who hit it but somebody hit a walk-off home run against indiana and that was it. That was one of the games we were at. And it was just so cool to watch you guys play. Like, it seems you guys, it seems you guys are brothers on the field. Like, you just, you just love playing together. And um, I guess, what was your favorite moment during during that last last year's College World Series run? Or, like, what was the moment where you guys, knew, like, okay, like, we can, we can really go far into this? Yeah. Um, the thing about last year, there's so many great storylines. Uh, there's so many, so many stories from like, Jimmy Kerr's legacy. Uh, with his grandparents, uh, his grandfather and his dad, you know, Tommy Henry, flu game, you know, Jack Blanc breaking his finger. Like, there's just so many unbelievable uh, moments in that run, which truly is what made it special. I think, you know, the moment for me that made us realize we could do anything was, you know, that walk-off against Illinois in the Big Ten tournament. Um, and I think we can all say we, we caught lightning in a bottle in that moment and and realized that, you know, this this is a real opportunity. And, and to see the seniors go out on a strong note was huge for us. Um, we know how much, you know, they, they put into this. Um, we, we came in, so that technically is my class as well, but we came in at a time where Michigan was coming off a, a, their first Big Ten title in a long time. Um, you know, the momentum was high, and we went through three tough years. You know, we came in second place by half a game. Um, we had a 4-12 and start one year. Um, we were able to bounce back from all those uh, those bumps, but being able to finally break through, you know, get that walk-off hit and propel that into the tournament, be one of the last four seeds in, um, and really get that opportunity, go to Corvallis, um, take care of business there, and then um, get to UCLA, the number one team in the country. Uh, played them earlier in the year, had some success, but um, we knew it was going to be a tough match, and I, I think from that point on, we just, we just trusted in each other. We were just having fun. We didn't really – care about tomorrow we just focused on that moment and we were able to slow it down um and then you know that took us in to omaha and that experience in itself is something that you, you can't put a price tag on and uh so fortunate to be able to to have that experience and and be there and uh, you know send the seniors off on a on a high note and that that was a cool moment man like i was i was um i sent a snapchat to uh my buddies and I was watching that game. I can't remember who was pitching. It was either Jack or Tommy. And um, I was like, are you guys watching this game? Like, they're, they're beating the number one team in the country right now. 
like, I hope you're all watching this and everybody was watching. And I think that was kind of the moment where a lot of Michigan fans where, you know, traditionally, you know, I'll follow football and basketball, even, even as a former baseball player, I never really followed Michigan baseball until uh, Zach Putnam, who was a alumni from Pioneer High School, where Kaylin and I went, uh, where he went there and they had, they had great teams for a few years, but just watching you guys was so fun, man. And we, and we sent it to everybody. And I think everybody was just watching that, enjoying that run. Um, but you brought up Omaha. I mean, what was that experience like? It's crazy, honestly. And if you're not a baseball fan, I don't care. You got to take a trip to Omaha. You got to experience it. Um, it's great that Michigan was there, and we got a lot of alumni that were able to do that. But that place is unlike any other. Um, it's it's truly it's like a kid going to Disney World. Honestly, like it's unbelievable. There's booths set up everywhere. Um, you know, tents with. Uh, gear for every team and music on the streets and there's the stage and just the the, the electricity and the atmosphere and, and how many people are truly invested in, in baseball alone it is 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 crazy and being able to experience that you know the first day we got there uh, we kind of had like a practice and then we um, you know, did the whole media thing had autographs whatever and then we had an opening ceremony and the stadium was filled just for the opening day like and it wasn't even the the team's fans yet like our alumni weren't there yet you know Vanderbilt, Arkansas, all those teams' fans weren't there yet. They are just getting in. So it's just truly baseball fans. It's the city of Omaha. They're truly invested fully into those two weeks, um, and it's an experience unlike any other. That's awesome, man. But I, I've had a lot of friends that have gone down, or, or they that's their yearly trip, and they swear by it that it's, like, honestly one of the greatest sports experiences out, out there, which I think people – would never think about that just because college baseball isn't, you know, it's not on the stage of college football and college basketball, as far as being on ESPN and prime time and things like that. But I've heard just unbelievable uh, things about it. And it's, I, I'm, I'm so happy you guys got to experience that. It's so cool. Um, what was it like as, you know, you guys are a team that up here in Ann Arbor, you know, let's be honest, you guys don't get a ton of fans here. You know, you'll travel to SEC or out West and, and go play in places that do have a, a great home fan base. Was it a little bit of a shock factor to be in that, in that environment that it's like people are loud and especially as a pitcher, you know, um, they're, they're coming at you. I'm sure the opposing fans are booing and heckling and all that stuff. Yeah. We've actually gotten this question a lot. And I think, all of my teammates will answer the same way. Um, you know, I think the Big Ten tournament really prepared us for that moment. Uh, being in Omaha, we'd already played five or so games there in that stadium. So we knew the ballpark. We knew basically everything there was to, to be and, like, live in the hotel and, and, you know, just the whole atmosphere, the whole environment. Um, that was honestly the, the most fans I've ever played in front of. But our game, our night game against Nebraska uh, that actually knocked us out of the tournament – prepared us for that they were ruthless and i mean the stadium was packed but you know nebraska travels well in every sport and those fans it was thirteen thousand just straight corn huskers <laughs> just unbelievable they're chanting every pitch anytime they do something good it erupts like i think all my teammates can attest that you know that moment there playing against nebraska in the big 10 tournament in omaha kind of prepared us um, and I think, too, once we got to Omaha, it's obviously a different beast. Uh, you know, 25,000 people in the stands, it's, you, you can't really prepare for it, even though, no matter how much you train for it. Um, but I think just being able to look at each other and, and, and laugh and, and joke and 
you know, kind of ease those, ease those nerves, um, really helped, but you know, it's still like, I, I'll, I'll never forget, you know, being able to look up into the stands, you know, see all of our fans, see all of our family, all our friends and, you know, really just soak that moment in. So. And I, I just have one more thing before we move on from that, but you, you keep touching on the fun and the laughing and the joking. And it's just crazy to me how, I, for me, I could see that so easily from TV, from home. It was like, you guys were truly just there, like on the, you know, highest high you could be and there, like soaking it all up, which was so cool to see. Cause I think I, I would assume, you know, for me as a former athlete, it's like, I would be crapping my pants a lot of the time. And it, it really didn't seem like you guys ever were, you know, it, it felt like you guys had been there you know, for the last 10 years straight, almost, it was just another day at the, at the office. And it was like, it was just so fun to see. I, I equated to your guys uh, team last year to the 2018 uh, basketball team, Michigan basketball team. It was like, they had the, you know, that unbelievable run and it's just so fun to watch great group, group of guys, um, great um, personalities and everything. So that was, that was, you keep touching on that. So I had to say it, it's like, it, it was just, from you know a thousand miles away in my living room i could tell you guys were just like living your best life truly there yeah we were and it felt like that <laughs> did uh did backage have fun when he was over there or was he all oh, he loved it it's, <laughs> it's been his dream to go there ever since he he started coaching even as a player you know that that was their dream and, um he kind of took over the reins i think it was eight years ago um you know, that's been his dream. That's what he told, you know, our administration. That's what he told all the players when he assumed that position. And no one really believed him. And if you would have told me coming in as a freshman, I probably didn't believe him either. I thought it was great to, to shoot high and set your sights on the ultimate goal. But to actually get there and see that come to fruition, um, I mean, it it's unbelievable. And that guy's put so much work in into making Michigan what it is today. And you know, a lot of our success can be credited to him and the rest of the coaching staff. And we're fortunate that you know the program's in his hands. And we've we've heard uh, just based off of other podcasts and you know some other players going on there and talking to um, whoever's interviewing them. You know, just some amazing stories, like with doing dealing with uh, backage and how he's just how he believed in you guys so much and um, how great of a leader he is. So I guess. It can be funny, it can be serious, it can be whatever it is. But what, what's your best Eric Backage story? I mean, he's provided me with material that'll probably last time. <laughs> <laughs> he is something else. He is a, he's his own breed, and, and that's what makes him him, and it's awesome. But the one that sticks out to me that d- describes him the most, um, you know, he he's all in all the time. And we – this actually goes back to the fall. So he actually received an email from – uh, his kids' elementary school that said if the temperature is above zero degrees, they're going outside for recess. So he, he brought that email to us one day in the meeting in December and uh, showed us. And he said, look, if, if, if these eight, nine, ten-year-old kids can do it. <laughs> so we all looked at him crazily. But we, believe me not, uh, we were in January preseason – uh, getting ready to to go out to California, and it's it's awful outside. It's it's probably 20 degrees, uh, you know, wind chill. It's snowing sideways. They plowed off the field before practice so that we could use it. We have turf, so we're able to do that. And we're all looking at each other like, 
all right, this man is crazy. Like he's pulling a prank on us. Like we're going to go inside, hit in the den, get our work in and, and get out of there. We, we line up normally, like we'd practice, get into that meeting. He sends us outside and we're all, we're all shattering. Teeth are shattering, you know, hands in pockets. Like, God, this guy's crazy. <laughs> we go through, we stretch. Um, and he, he kind of stops us halfway through our stretch. Cause he notices guys are, are kind of covering up putting their hands in their pockets, you know, hoodies up, whatever it may be. And, and I kid you not, he looks at us, rips off his shirt. <laughs> you can't get hot unless you know the cold. And this dude's just screaming, like, <laughs> off, running around in the snow. We're like, wow. Like, he, <laughs> he is actually serious. And as crazy as it sounds, you know, it livened us right up. You know, we got into it. We saw how how much he cared, the passion that he had, and, and how much he, he wanted us to get better that day. And, and, you know, we ran with it. You know, the energy was up. We were jumping around, turning the music on, and we had a good day of practice outside, believe it or not. But – um, you know, his energy, his enthusiasm for Michigan and for us as players is, is second to none. And, um, you know, he, he's as crazy as can be, but we love him. That's awesome, man. <laughs> and, and that, I think that that kind of turned into your guys' theme and mantra for the rest of the year, didn't it? That was, uh, I remember seeing some stuff uh, post on social media that it's, uh, you can't get hot unless you know the cold, right? Yep, it did. And, and, Believe it or not, like that actually helped us. It, it calloused our minds, and you know we never played in those conditions necessarily. But you know a lot of the adversity that went throughout the season um, was because of our training and how we went in and carried our business day in and day out. So a huge testament to to him and him. That's awesome. I mean, that's <laughs> I I don't even know what to say to that. That's a great story. And I'm glad you said that about Omaha, too, because that wouldn't have even been on my list as a, just a place to go. But now, I mean, that's, you know, that's We've right You've got to take a trip down for sure. Yeah. have to. It's a must. Plus, I got my cat here trying to jump all over here. So I'm sorry. <laughs> we, can see, <laughs> we can see the tail wagging in front of yeah. the camera. It's hilarious. <laughs> With baseball at Michigan done, uh, what like what are you looking to do now? Are you are you pursuing a career, trying to get into the MLB? Um, have you kind of moved on from baseball? I guess where where are you at with that? Yeah, uh, my sights are still on playing. I think the way the season ended and um, you know having it taken away from us and, and not really being able to get that closure on the season, you know, it's fueled me and it's fueled a lot of my teammates. And you know, the, the sights are set on pro ball, and that's my goal. Um, you know, the draft has altered a little bit, and it's going to be a little crazy come June 10th. But, you know, hopefully a uh, team takes a shot and I get that opportunity and uh, get the opportunity to just run with it and, and give it everything I have. Uh, that's the thing with me. I, I still have a lot to give to the game, and I think, you know, with that opportunity, uh, it'd be unbelievable to, to, you know, see how far I can go. So. For sure, man. And, I mean, obviously, best of luck to you. Um, obviously, any, if we can see any Michigan alum, you know, get into the MLB, like, that's always an awesome thing to be able to witness. Um, but I guess, I mean, I think I think that's all of our questions. I, I have I have one one more that wasn't uh, – it wasn't on our list. But um, so you're a pitcher, right, a relief pitcher. So, I mean, that's that's on par with, like, kickers and punters as far as weird people go. <laughs> right so if i don't know if, I, if any of our listeners forget that 
if any, I don't know if many of our listeners, you know, are familiar with baseball and stuff, but um, it, do you have any weird habits out in the bullpen? Was there, you know, what 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 was it like out in the bullpen? What what would you say is the weirdest part about your game? Yeah, not a lot of people know, but the bullpen might be one of the weirdest places in sports. <laughs> a lot of characters in that area, so. Um, you know, I don't, I don't do anything too weird. I get, I get pretty hyped and like, uh, locked into the game. So you'll see me pacing around or, you know, talking to myself. Um, but you know, each guy has kind of has their own thing. Some guys, you know, uh, you know, rip energy drinks or, you know, snort smelling salts or whatever it may be. <laughs> I, I don't do anything. The bullpen definitely has some uh, crazy stories too. So. You guys are like it's it's your own team out there by by themselves. So um, you got to keep ourselves occupied. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna I was just gonna say you got to keep yourself busy out there. Some of those games, you know, nine innings gets to be a long time if you're especially if you're not not throwing that day. Yeah. <laughs> all, all right, that's all, I, all good stuff. Does everybody uh, get a chance to ask all their questions and everything? Absolutely. Awesome. You got that hot take ready, Ben? Yeah. <laughs> that was, that Your hot take? Go? Oh, my hot take. I've been thinking about these ones. I, I don't know how hot it might be, so I, I <laughs> slowly know. Joe Milton to Patrick Mahomes, so you can't, you can't do much worse than yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> I think this one might be a little warm take, but uh, I think if Isaiah Livers comes back, uh, doesn't doesn't end up going to the NBA. The Michigan's going to go to the Final Four. So hopefully, Ooh, on his first Final Four appearance as a coach and uh, get Michigan basketball back where it should be. I love it when we have people come on and they just hype me up, man. I, uh, <laughs> nothing better. Nothing better. <laughs> love it. That is a great take. Great take. I like. Um, I I will go next because I've actually mine is on the on the same team as as uh ben's here okay I, ready? i've actually i've got john here as um my this is a little clue for it but um <laughs> hold on I, I'll, let me get ready and then you can start the timer <laughs> all right go for it Kaylin. all right are you ready yep your zero to 90 take begins right now all right so we need to build John Beeline a statue here at the University of Michigan right outside Chrysler Center. He is no doubt the greatest coach to ever come to the University of Michigan. Your stat of the day here, in the 10 years before John Beeline, the University of Michigan Wolverines spent two weeks in the AP poll out of 200 total weeks there. 200 total weeks, and we only had two weeks in the AP poll before Beeline. Oh, and then he went to the national title twice. Your, oh, that's your that's your thirty seconds. That's a great stat, though. I love it. I love it. So, so is his statue going to have the the water gun? I mean, we might as well do this exact one with a squirt gun here. It's it's iconic. <laughs> That'd be perfect. I do know. I, I he saw this and um and the hair's a little too silver for him. I think he had a problem <laughs> with how gray his hair looks on this thing. So. We got to yeah. get it a little more blonde and yeah, yeah. but I Could definitely think this, the square gun needs to be in the statue right outside Chrysler. 
Can we just build them a big bobblehead? Yeah. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I kill right. me or you? It's you. It's all you, buddy. Let me know when we're ready. I'm not going to need 30 seconds again. I love it. I love just being quick. I don't have to worry about it. Don't have all to right. Jack, zero to 90 begins right now. Go. All right. With the trajectory of all of these programs at, at Michigan, I'm going to say, I'm going to say the big three, sorry, hockey, I got to leave you out, but football, basketball, baseball, yeah. I say the end of whenever, whenever the next full season is going to be, every single team will finish top 10 in the country. Top 10. Love That's that. Wow. That's I top love, 10. Spot top on. 10. Left 10 seconds on the clock for his 0 to 90. Pretty good. <laughs> Love the bad boys, I guess, you know? <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that was a great take there. I love it. That was spicy. <laughs> <laughs> that, and that pretty much means that uh, baseball is going back to Omaha, right? It's top eight. They go to Omaha. So there you go. That's good. That was our 0 to 90. I didn't have any hot takes. As usual. <laughs> oh, you got to come up with one. You can't just not do it. <laughs> Better make it up. <laughs> oh, gosh. I I got nothing. Ben, thanks for coming on. It's a pleasure. You definitely enlightened me to a little bit, looking at scheduling my trip to Omaha now. Um, is there anywhere that we can find you on Twitter or something like that or that you want to plug? Yeah. Yeah, I have a Twitter and Instagram. Uh, B underscore Kaiser on Twitter and B underscore Kaiser one on Instagram. So give it a follow. Yeah, check them out. And then check us out at Blue by 90 on Instagram and at Blue by 90 podcast on YouTube. Um, other than that, go blue. Go blue. Go blue. Thanks, Ben. Down the roof getting high. Blow my smoke in the sky. Still ignoring advice. On the roof getting high. so Till I'm dead, ignorance in my head. Fuck whoever you are. I do it for my smoke in the sky, still ignoring advice. On the roof getting high. so Live it up till I'm dead, ignorance in my head. Fuck whoever you are. Yeah, I be after that half a half on a palm tree. I got your girl calling, told me meet me at the beach. I'm moving holler in the main street of the colony. Starlight was bright with the last night. Now she's calling. The rules might bend to break, that'll remain here. Like we're throwing down when Mary's away on business That's back deck says flower dress, long hair, blurred nights But we still taking care, we rep the fam Wake up way too early, get some food and dine and dash Too hungover to know the difference between this and that Focus on how to open her up and approach her with class Weekends, they mean in every evening like the last Blow my smoke in the sky, still ignoring advice On the roof getting high, so cold Live it up till I'm dead, ignorance in my head Fuck whoever you are I'm dead, ignorance in my head, fuck whoever you are, I can't keep up with the tempo, let's ride, he's right, alright, let's ride, now, what you trying to get into, let's find some time tonight, yeah, rooting and forget to pick up the 750, a dry gym for Fifth Ave liquors, us kids are wavy waving the sweeties on the streets, stickers slap the fam logo right up on the damn hood of a jeep, no cloud in the sky, but clouds in my mind, she with another man, I'm wondering why, come 
comfortable surrounded, never not the full stride. We'll see your ass tomorrow, so don't call it goodbye. Blow my smoke in the sky, still ignoring advice. On the roof, getting high, sipping up my soco. Live it up till I'm dead, ignorance in my head. Fuck whoever you are, I do it for smoke. Blow my smoke in the sky, still ignoring advice. On the roof, getting high, sipping up my soco. Live it up till I'm dead, ignorance in my head. Fuck whoever you are.